0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
1: Hello and welcome once again to History Tweeps. My name is Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history the title of our podcast today is Love Triangle, The Murder of Stanford White. Stanford White was a um, captain of industry, Brandy. He was a famous architect back in the turn of the 20th century. became involved in a love triangle and ended up um, dead on the floor. Wow. So we're going to talk about... Uh, that sucks. Yeah, we're going to talk
0: about uh, his relationship
1: with one Evelyn Nesbitt. mm
0: and, was, uh, that, was that the mother of the uh, monkey? Yes. Uh, yeah. How'd oh, you guess? Uh, <laughs>
1: let me remind everyone. By
0: him. I know he's sharp.
1: Let me remind yeah, everyone that. I'm uh, walking down nope. the street. Nope. We Shh, get sh, the sh, 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 looks from. I actually have some mon- monkeys on my iPod. <laughs> on your back? On my iPhone, oh. <laughs> he
0: got some monkeys on his back too. <laughs> yeah, I do have that.
1: <laughs> Those damn monkeys are expensive. Um, let me remind everyone: we are a um, true crime, comedy, history podcast. We use adult language,
0: so if you're easily offended, this probably is not. Just hit the fucking road and take your puritan ass out the door. It's probably not the podcast Perfect. for you. But we would- and ugly woman you brought with her with you. Take her too. We would recommend you check out uh, one of the other fine
1: podcasts out there that uh, that are less offensive than us, uh, including our friends with "They Walk Among Us," uh, one of the best podcasts out there. So please check them out.
0: Rosanna has offended me on numerous occasions, Timmy.
1: And, uh, Rosanna is a lovely lady, and uh, her husband Ben. She said some mean time.
0: things to me, Timmy.
1: Well, you probably deserved it. You have not been introduced yet. Let me introduce first, though, before I before I uh, get to you, Colonel. You, I kind of build up to your introduction. We get the unimportant introductions out of the way. Yeah, first. let's hurry again, get past yeah, your past brand. You're top job. billing, Colonel. Yeah, <clears throat> I would like warm up.
0: She's like the opening band. I mean, uh, did everybody her, booze and Her engagement
1: bottles? in this podcast is going to be minimal because she's got a new phone.
0: Oh, you got a new phone? Did, I did.
2: you? I did get a new phone. And, can and now you she's play playing... your little
0: weed farm on there. Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: And she gets That's what like, I'm doing now. I'm farming. <laughs> Let me introduce the uh, First Lady of podcasting,
1: the yeah, lady who is known far and wide as uh, Brandy the Benevolent, Her Majesty, Queen Brandy the First. How are you today, Brandy? I'm good, Timmy. How are you? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Oh, good. Tell me more. Well, as I mentioned earlier to you, I went, uh, yeah, how was your Thanksgiving, by the way?
2: It, it was Thanksgiving. It was fine. I went Black Friday shopping. So. Oh, did you? Did you yeah. buy anything? I did, did. you buy a gift yet? <coughs> did i do what did you buy my gift yet i have not good i'm glad this, you're i'm probably getting you some, the same thing i did last year um okay so that's nothing
1: <laughs> i would uh <laughs> i went house hunting over the weekend you did I
0: seen, it was a very nice house You looked up. Yeah, yeah, he's
2: cutting I, into brandy time with all his bullshit house <laughs> hunting but that's okay
1: colonel i did not buy a house I, I i don't i didn't find one i wanted but do you know colonel I, this might surprise you. It coming to surprise Brandy, but I have commitment
2: issues. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> I am shocked. Too. I know. Aren't you glad you were sitting yeah. down for that?
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, so the search continues. But uh, any other Hold comments uh, before I is, introduce? Is uh, there anybody going to give you a 30-year mortgage to me?
2: <laughs> well, I don't know why he would get a 30-year mortgage. You won't even buy stamps.
3: Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's what I'm
2: saying, man. Yeah. I'm telling you. Can I get this on a rent-to-home? Right.
0: I don't if I happen that. to live here for 30 years, I could just keep yeah. it. Can I do? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't, I don't know what he's doing. Timmy getting it on the least option. No. He oh, man. Be, I'm telling you. I'm gonna he wants it. to be wiki. I'm going to do
1: a reverse mortgage like the <laughs> second day.
3: <laughs>
1: Aw. Uh, let me introduce the man who is known as the most dangerous man in podcasting today. He's not. He has been described as an oasis in the desert of despair. By no one. He is known as the moral compass of the History of Dreams podcast. We need one. My friend, the Honorable Colonel, the Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard, Hawk Waters III, affectionately known as the Southern gentleman. How are you today, Colonel?
0: I'm good, Timmy. How was your Thanksgiving? You know what the best thing about my Thanksgiving was? It's over? Four days without having to look at her. Well, that's hateful. But no, you I, you started on me the moment I walked in the door here. I don't You're playing think so. your, Look at you, sending your little hint I'm to engaged. The drug dealers, I'm sitting here listening to your and, bullshit
2: uh, carry on and on and on and on I, and on and on. Amazing. Nice. It. Um, nice shot that you <laughs> completely missed. <laughs> the Colonel threw a paper towel
1: over Brandy's head and missed a wastebasket. By yeah. Three feet.
0: Yeah. That was pretty close. I wasn't Miss Cindy. But anyway, uh, thanks. The boys were home. Mm hmm. And uh, you
1: have a nice visit so are mine and it
0: sucked was <laughs> <laughs> a nice visit, although you know taylor he's uh he likes to aggravate me to me
3: he likes did to he remind
0: do? me he uh he said some smart ass things to me and i told him i was gonna whip his ass and then i grabbed him and his mama jumped in made me leave him alone and but then he went down in the basement to me mm-hmm. and i followed him and I opened the door, and there he stood. And I said, you know, your mama ain't here to help you now, boy. What you going to do? He said, I ain't going to do nothing. Your old ass is winded just from walking down the steps. <laughs>
2: and it bothered you because he was right, didn't it? I did.
0: I would take a couple deep breaths. What? Well, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> never mind if your knees giving out. Yeah, yeah, dude, I mean, you, you,
1: yeah. You need to pick your fight. You need to be careful when you pick your fights at your age. Don't want to have a stroke. all right let's talk about this topic shall we nobody take care of your drooling ass (laughs) let me tell you about evelyn nesbitt oh please do evelyn nesbitt was a young actress brandy yes at the turn of the 20th century who became involved in a bizarre love triangle between two wealthy men that resulted in murder.
2: murder murder as they usually do
1: yes have you ever been involved in a Bizarre love triangle, Brandy.
2: Why would I tell you motherfuckers about it? <laughs> I'm in a normal love triangle. I wouldn't do no bizarre love triangles. <laughs> then you haven't lived. Just saying. Let me tell you about Evelyn Nesbitt.
1: She was born in Territon, Pennsylvania, Brandy. A little village near Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh. Which I'm sure was lovely in eighteen eighty four when she was when she was born all that oh. all that uh um, steel, steel and Smog and smog and yeah. Good times. E- even as a baby, she was surprisingly pretty. Because, you know, newborns are not that cute.
2: They all look like Winston Churchill.
1: Yeah. And her face, she was a, a she was a, a, called a dark-haired angel, Brandy. Yeah. She attracted hundreds of visitors to her parents' humble home, a two-story frame cottage. That's fucking
2: weird. <laughs> That's fucking weird. They come from miles around to see her. That's so weird. You don't know. First of all, they better, they didn't be, have, they didn't they better have, be bringing presents. They didn't have Netflix. Was she a hooker? They better be bringing oh, presents. baby. No, she's a baby.
0: Oh, they, hold on. People travel for miles around to see a baby? Yes.
2: This is what I'm saying. They don't even do tricks or anything.
1: Her family lived in a modest two-story frame cottage worth less than $2,000. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I need right there. Well, what's a mortgage? <laughs> what, what's a fixed rate on uh, $2,000 over 30 years? That would be about $12 a month, a month Timmy. <laughs> I can afford that. Florence, or I'm sorry, yeah, Florence Level, Evelyn was her name. She was an interesting child, Brandy. I doubt it. Very quiet, somewhat shy. She did not easily make friends with anyone, but when, she did gain, when someone did gain her confidence,
2: she was a loyal friend. Is she one of those people like I can't have any friends cuz I'm just too beautiful? She she became the first hit, hit the motherfucker girl. But I'm
1: getting ahead of myself. Oh okay. She's a very beautiful child and she had a remarkable sweet voice for one so young. I was told that when I was a child. You were too. not ever told that. Her talent
0: on Uncle Al show.
1: Were you really? <laughs> <Is that what? laughs> Dude, Uncle we had Al. we. You know, I remember Uncle Al. He was here in Cincinnati. Uncle Al was a. Uh, he uh, hosted a TV uh, f- show for children, right? So d- did you do the Uncle Al was a bit of a drinker. Well, you know, we had one, and uh, Wendy one- was
3: mean.
1: She was oh. his, uh, no, she didn't like you. She remember she did car? that run chicken fat run. Mm-hmm. We had, but we had in our area where I grew up, we had Mister Cartoon. And he wore this is oh man he wore this checkered uh, jacket real loud jacket. He wore dark dark sunglasses and a checkered hat.
2: And <laughs> he was a, like a oh and he gets sounds he, like a prevert. <laughs> and he had he
1: had kids in his audience right and they they come and they show cartoons and he'd interview these kids in between cartoons. And I mean he was a real prick. They <laughs> he, start talking he pulled a microphone away. It's kind of like what we need to do with uh, Colonel over here sometimes. For sure, cut him off. Okay, oh, yeah, anyway. Hmm. Back to uh, Evelyn. We get sidetracked, and people don't like that about our podcast.
0: Well, then, you know what? Well, people. If you it's don't, I'm sorry for damn. the interruption. I'm sorry. If, no, I'm just saying I'm sorry for the interruption. Oh, you're and if we've caused you to distract you from your miserable fucking existence for 30 well, seconds. No, it's just that ah. this story
1: is very, you know, it, it's. Very interesting. And people were at the edge of their seat. And then when (laughs) we sidetracked. Yeah,
0: yeah, okay. It breaks the flow.
1: Yeah. This is a fascinating story. Brandy always loves my stories. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. She doesn't even listen. Evelyn uh, had a remarkably sweet voice uh, for someone her age. Her talent along this line was marked. When she was uh, about five years of age, she made her first public appearance, Brandy. (laughs) Jesus. The occasion was a memorial service. Which was held at the Methodist Church, of which her father and mother were members. The service was held to honor uh, in honor of the members who died during the year, and she sang beautifully. Uh, So it was a big uh, coming, kind of coming out. When she's five years old, she's singing in front of people. Of course, she is. In the midst of the solemn hush, in in the midst of the solemn hush of the series, came the sweet voice of a child singing. It was Evelyn. Hidden behind the evergreens, and in a voice which will never be forgotten, and which could distinctly uh, be heard over the in the large auditorium, before her song was ha- halfway finished, nearly the entire audience was moved to tears. Brandy. Yes. Softly, sweetly, but still distinctly, came the words of the song. It was a splendid triumph for the little child, and the memory of it lingers in the hearts of the people who were there
0: that day. These people need lives. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like the sweet voice of a young child singing? Telling what's? Well, you don't like church. So the, I mean, you would hate a church. The, what? That's no, all right. Go ahead. All right, so Evelyn and her uh,
1: family moved to Pittsburgh. Remember I said they lived near Pittsburgh. So they moved to Pittsburgh, uh, and um, while still a schoolgirl, Evelyn's father died. Oh, Yeah. Uh, He was a struggling uh, attorney. He left the family
2: almost destitute.
1: That means they don't have any money.
2: Outstanding debts. (laughs) Thanks for mansplaining the (laughs) shit right out of that.
1: (laughs) Outstanding debts on the little property left by their father shut off almost every source of income. So, you know, they're in a spot. They're in a jam, Brandy. In 1897, when Evelyn was only 13 years old... A woman named uh, Mrs. Adara uh, was. She was a portrait painter and a miniature artist in Philadelphia. I don't know what a miniature artist
2: is. They paint things on like a grain of rice. Oh, mm. I thought
1: maybe she was just really, really small.
2: No, yeah, she was a midget, <laughs> midget painter.
0: Can't yeah, can't use that term. You apologize. <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry for the midgets. Um, I'm, it's a, She was a little person. Uh, thank you, Colonel.
2: Anyway, yeah, that, that made it better.
1: Um, she discovered Evelyn's beauty and painted her in a portrait. Later, um, she asked Evelyn to sit on several more, uh, uh, you know, model, to model several. This is for. you know, photography was as big as it was, so she was doing a lot of paintings and using her as a model. The pictures were printed in an art magazine. So weird. And attracted attention. Soon, Evelyn found that she was being sought by the most successful artists and photographers in the country. Brandy, what do you think about that?
2: So weird. Just that
1: she just sees a young beauty. Right. Uh-huh. Demand um, for her privilege, uh, demand for the privilege of photographing her beautiful face, Colonel, or portraying her on campus became so great that the money earned by the little girl was opposing, uh, was, you know, it was helping the family out, right? Well, yeah. Her mother decides if, you know, to capitalize on this even more, she wants, she wanted to move to New York where, you know. She was a
2: momager. She was a
1: first stage mom. Yeah, she's one of the first stage moms. She's
2: Kris Kardashian. So she
1: took, uh, they took, a, they took a, up a boarding, uh, boarding house, a low-rent uh, boarding house in New York, and they started seeking out these uh, studios of famous artists so that um, Evelyn could start her modeling career. Uh, it was when her mother, modest yet proud of her beautiful young daughter, uh, her daughter was butting into um, girlhood, womanhood, Brandy. Perfect. She took her to a photographer, and um, he took pictures of her, and she started appearing in magazines in New York. So she's making money, right? She's yes. uh, getting work. Uh, everyone, uh, they put the, the, one of her... Uh, photographs was put on a um, display in the window of one of the photographers, so he's displaying his work, and people would come in off the street to ask who was that beautiful young girl in the picture. One day, when um, the model was about to leave the studio uh, that she was working, she was working with a photographer at the time named Charles Gibson, who I guess was kind of a, a pretty big deal Uh, I didn't do a lot of research on him, but he was a prominent photographer back in the day. Uh, She was leaving his studio when a man entered. Uh Uh-oh. The man was struck by uh, the flower-like beauty of the young girl. He was a New York socialite and architect named Stanford White. Brandy, Remember that name, Stanford
2: White. It's etched in the brain. He just sounds like a
1: dick. I bet he will ask. He's 47 years old. Married with children At the time He was three, t- nearly three times The age of Evelyn
2: You know I'm looking at Evelyn here Yeah And she's just not that special <laughs> well, Like I mean, there must have been some ugly no, Ugly like motherfuckers those days, those running around she
3: there was,
1: She was the first it girl You've heard
2: of the it girl She was like mm. the first yeah. it girl No I get all that Like yeah. I caught it when you said it before mm-hmm. Thank you but oh we didn't know if he was li- even listening so yeah i've been commenting shut the hell okay. up but i'm looking at her picture and she's just not anything spectacular well like. she
1: made the famous uh she made the uh question mark <laughs> i think this is a question mark hairstyle famous uh it's a portrait of her on the, uh, oh, the side, down portrait. The side of yeah and a yeah. little curl at the end makes it looks like a question mark well she made that famous that hairstyle
2: famous. well she's just not that
1: i i thought she was attractive she's
2: okay. nothing special she She's nobody I'd travel across the country to see as a baby or an adult for that matter. She's just not. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you seem a little judgy today.
1: She's she's jealous. Sanford White was very taint. jealous.
2: <laughs>
0: you, see, you seem petty and jealous. Yeah. You do. Little claws coming out. Weah! She ain't all that. Yeah. In a bag of chips. She's, she's very.
1: Well, attractive. he's going on take, like take she's fucking
0: her, Aphrodite take Jones Ellen there. Look her up. F- Aphrodite Jones, I've met her, actually. I um, know you have. So I'm sure a, you
2: dated her or banged her or something. <laughs> so anyway, um,
1: Stanford White, who was 47 at the time, three to, almost three times her age, he became quite taken with young uh, Evelyn. I'm sure he did. <laughs> <laughs> young girl, all her teeth. Um, he was taken by her charm and began pursuing her, despite the fact that he was nearly three times her age. Gross. And the fact that he was married with children.
2: Oh, well. Why let that stand in the way?
1: But he was a famous architect. He probably built, he built oh, a lot she of... She was stuff. hot. No. I think so, too,
2: right? I oh, think I'd do her. Of course she would. That's never I'll a question. Um, Stanford White... Look at that face.
0: Yeah, she's adorable. She's I mean. the face of an mm-hmm. angel. Mm-hmm. He did right this... Okay.
2: He, he said the same thing about Bertha <laughs> and <laughs> Oofty Goofty. <laughs> you,
0: you know what? You Your standards
2: me. are sad.
0: Look, would you look at the
1: face on this I one? I
2: saw her. She's, she's nothing spectacular. Looks,
1: she has the face of an angel. i bang her like a snare drum, girl. Of course you would. So, so would uh, Stanford White. He was really taken with her. Uh, Stanford White was a well-known architect right. in New York. He had built Madison Square Gardens, among other things. Uh, he was very wealthy. Now, hold on. He built it? Well, he... he, No, he designed
2: it. Now, hold on. He's an architect.
0: (laughs) He's an architect. Uh He designed it. He designed it. Yeah. Okay, so he didn't actually go down, lay the bricks down.
2: No. Like, there was a lot wrong with that sentence.
1: They would hire someone like you to do that.
2: (laughs) Nah. No problem. No, they wouldn't. They need smarter (laughs) people.
1: Oh, anyway. Evelyn was quite taken with Stanford. Stanford's
2: Um, money. Well, no, she was, She liked
1: the attention of uh, of an older man. You remember, she's got daddy issues. Her dad Thank God on. for daddy right. issues. Ain't that right, Timmy? That's how Timmy lives his <laughs> life. <laughs> Although I'm in that stage where I need granddaddy
3: issues. <laughs> nothing
1: wrong with
0: nothing wrong with meeting you know people meeting their emotional needs. That's higher, right. Right. Ain't none getting hotter, grow hotter than a man in a walker, Timmy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> especially if he's got a savings account <laughs> this money falling shoes.
1: out of his pocket
0: <laughs> tennis balls on the walker
1: carrying around $500 <laughs> in cash. Yeah.
2: Evelyn, uh, and, and the card of one cabbie. <laughs> <laughs> Evelyn
1: became the toast of, uh, the town once she met, uh, Stanford because he, he was very active in, uh, society, you know, the, uh, Social circles in New York. Did his wife appreciate that? And, and I don't think his wife knew. He had he had a home in Connecticut, but he kept an apartment in New York and Ah. And he would take his lady friends to the apartments. Oh. Um. But he would take a uh, he, he would take his he would take his uh, friends lady friends like like everything. He he was really into chorus girls, and he would take them out, and he and then he would take them to his apartment, and he would take them out to like. It's like Monica. It's like
2: he's leading. He's living your life, Timmy. Yeah.
1: yeah but this guy was loaded. He, had, he was better off. I thing. don't
2: walk around with five hundred dollars in my pocket. Do you, Chuck?
0: I got forty-two right now. Get the
2: hell, hell out I of I here! I am not bullshitting here. Wow! How'd you manage that? I don't know. Hope Count time. it while we uh, nobody listens. For, this, podcast. hey, I had to give two dollars to the tooth. Here, for the tooth fairy. I don't. I don't have. Five, I don't have five
1: hundred though. Oh, today it's a little light. Um, so, Evelyn uh, – so, now Evelyn is going out with uh, Stanford. Oh, $51 on me nice. right now. Uh, Evelyn's going out with Stanford. He's showing her – he's introducing her to his friends. He's becoming quite taken with Evelyn, okay? Um, now, Evelyn –
2: This feels uh, like sweaty boob money.
1: Evelyn <laughs> – uh, his mother was okay with this relationship well sure she was yeah. <laughs> uh, because he was providing uh, uh, for them financially he actually put evelyn up in an apartment he put evelyn and her mother up in an apartment and started paying their bills so uh he, uh, he got his her mother's approval uh, what do you think of that brandy
0: uh-huh i think that was a shady mother uh. right
1: Uh, Upon uh, Evelyn's persistence, uh, Stanford White helped the young beauty start a a stage career. How about that, Colonel?
0: Well, I think that was kind of of him, but I believe he had ulterior motives. Well, Evelyn found herself... Nefarious motives. Evelyn
1: found herself falling in love with Stanford White. $245.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Randy. So he's only 195 ahead of me.
2: (laughs) Well, you never know when you need... My I straightened out your cash in your fucking thank you Velcro wallet. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: not Velcro; it's leather. Did you uh, did you put it in? Uh, it's in alphabetical order. I, I wanted it in.
0: Uh, did you put it all back? No. Wait. Well, that's the bigger question.
2: Here's the other thing. I unwatted the bills, yeah, so I, I don't think you're gonna piss and moan at me about what order they're in.
1: If I like them in order of do you serial number that would they be. were wadded in there. <laughs> you know that would be. Preferable, what you Looks think. like Noah's well, wallet. It's <laughs> Noah. Have two hundred forty-one in Monopoly cash, and he keeps it just
2: the same way that you did, all wadded and shoved in there.
1: So Evelyn, um, she she uh, talks. Um, she knows that she can never marry uh, uh, Sanford White because he has a wife and two kids. But she talks him into helping her get in, start a stage career. Now and he had a lot of influence in the theater. He he ran in the theater circuits. In the theater, and so he was able to help, get, help her get a jo- job, or help her get a career in acting. Brandy on Broadway.
0: They say the neon lights so bright. No, I'm I mixed up George Benson and the Beaches.
1: You know, on one the thin dime on will shine your shoes.
0: No, that's what I hear. But if you only got one thin dime, why you want your shoes shining?
1: You, uh, you sh- <laughs> You got other, you got yeah, he got bigger, other priorities. You got
0: bigger problems. <laughs> you're lucky you got shoes.
1: And you really shouldn't be in New York because it's an expensive city if you only got yeah. one thin dime. Although, really, aren't the, the, all dimes the same? Are they thick dimes? No. Okay, Brandy, tell us what happen, happens next with young Evelyn and Sam, Stanford White. Okay, so we just had to take a quick break here because the colonel just jumped up and went out of the room for no apparent reason. I had to get some fingernail clippers Tony, Couldn't that have waited till the end of the podcast?
0: No, I got a little, I'm, I'm working on a mechanical thing, and I don't have wire cutters, but fingernail clippers would do it.
1: And Brandy, tell us what happens next with Stanford White and the beautiful
0: Evelyn Nesbit. Try to stay on topic, please.
2: Stanford managed her career down to the smallest detail. And with White's connections, Evelyn Nesbitt's fame shot as she flaunted her exquisite—Jesus, f- her exquisite form and graceful beauty. That sounds like a lot of the women. On page. To watch.
1: Why? In, do, why do you, as a woman?
0: Yeah. Why are you bashing other women? Yes. Aren't you women well, supposed no, to? No, I'm stick not. I'm.
2: I'm actually bashing Tim's writing. Uh, what she was. A, what, she was. She had anyway,
3: a lovely figure
2: and a
1: beautiful face. I, I have a face. way with words, don't you think so?
2: You have Timmy. You are a word magician. Thank you, Colonel. <sighs> anyway, but uh, she flaunted all that in her in two successful plays, Floridora.
1: That was a big hit, by the way, Floridora. and
2: mm-hmm. the Wild Rose. It was like the Hamilton of his
0: time.
1: Yeah, it really was. It was her role you in the Wild. Wa- for the thing, oh no, no!
2: It was F- her role Wyatt in the Wild tickets. Rose in 1902 that brought her to the attention of many powerful men. Mm. Her admirers included the brother of stage actress Ethel Barrymore. John Barrymore, okay. is that Drew's grandpa?
1: Drew's grandpa, that's
2: correct. Uh, was a witty, fun-loving companion, and Evelyn became much smitten like Timmy. with him.
0: Yeah, I'm a witty, fun-loving Timmy is companion. Timmy's a witty,
2: fun-loving companion. Yes. Uh-huh, yes. Just throwing that's, that out there. That's what he's known for. Mm-hmm. At 21, John Barrymore was much closer to Evelyn's age than Stanford.
1: I'm a little bit closer to Stanford's age. Yeah.
2: <laughs> After an evening out the You're couple a little bit often closer to
0: Moses age.
2: <laughs> the couple often returned to Barrymore's apartment, remained there together well into the early morning hours. Oh, I wonder what they were Scandalous. doing. Colonel.
1: What were they doing, Colonel?
0: They was fornicating. Scandalous. They was sinning? <laughs> They avoiding ooh wee doing some sinning. A
1: really times. a woman a lady should not be in the uh, company of a man in his apartment unless they're married is that to a true colonel alone
0: no that's how that's how people open up their robes and start that's and how, Louis C. K. and you, you don't want to be in that that's situation. how
1: pregnancy
2: occurs mm-hmm. avoiding the family path of entering the acting world john Barrymore was casually pursuing a career as an illustrator and cartoonist
1: yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't as loaded as some of his uh, relatives were.
2: Although like, he Lyon showed Barrymore. some promise in this chosen field, his salary was small, and Evelyn's mother, who evidently is now bougie, considered him an unsuitable companion for her seventeen-year-old daughter. Hey, look.
1: When you but got Stanford
2: to, uh, <laughs> is all good.
1: <laughs> well, Stanford's, you know, Stanford's loaded.
2: Yeah, and married, and you know, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Stanford was making it rain over there. Yeah both mrs nesbitt and white were greatly displeased when they found out about the relationship
1: i bet he was
2: stanford white engineered a plan to separate the couple by arranging for evelyn's enrollment in a boarding school in new jersey and administered by matilda demille the mother matilda the hun is what they used to call her i bet the mother of the noted film director cecil b demille in the presence of both Mrs. Nesbitt and White, John Barrymore had asked Evelyn to become his wife, but she turned down his marriage proposal. That's like... Well, he wasn't he didn't have any money. Aside I from her gold relationship digging a little hoe bag. Well, here we go. He was aside, a cartoonist. Aside from her relationship with John Barrymore, Evelyn Nesbitt was involved with other powerful men who vied for her attention.
1: Well, she's an attractive young lady.
2: Mm-hmm. Among those were the polo player James Montgomery Waterber- Waterbury, oh, also yeah. known as Monty,
1: Monty, Monty. and the well, young magazine
2: magazine publisher Robert Monty. J. Collier. I want to be, I want to be Thad.
1: My nephew's Thad. You, you. I want to be Biff. Biff's I, good. Yeah, Biff
2: would be good. Biff, that's Biff kind of a bully from, name. Wait a minute, Biff from <laughs> Back, Back to, to, to the, the Future. <laughs> Biff, uh,
1: Biff spelled backwards is fib.
2: <laughs> it is. It's fib, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Good job. Thank you. Words you know, know. and
0: we, we got on this um, well, never mind. I'm gonna let that one go. And, uh,
1: now, you can't introduce something and then let it go cause Well, I'm just saying, you know,
0: people you know, people, we have all these pronouns for people who identify as what not and, mm-hmm. and people can say, you know, they or this or whatever, you know, they identify as whatever, but Why can't I complain when people don't call me Hawk? You can. Because I identify as a bird of prey.
2: (laughs) You identify as a jackass. (laughs) Throughout these relationships, Stanford White still maintained a potent presence in her life, maintaining (laughs) his position as benefactor.
3: Mm-hmm. Betty so was
2: wait. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I don't understand. His wife knows, but she still lets him hang around. Look,
1: the guy's got, uh, the guy's got bank.
2: Yeah, he was, he was, he was throwing dollars at the wife. She don't care. She was it buying was, jewelry. It was at this time that Henry Harry, Thaw Harry, is it Harry? Thaw. Harry okay, Thaw. Harry Thaw made her acquaintance.
1: Oh, Harry. No. Harry
2: was the son of a Pittsburgh coal and railroad baron. Robber Baron, you know the Pittsburgh of the Pittsburgh Falls. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, remember, remember uh, Evelyn is originally from Pittsburgh, so they had that mm-hmm. in common. Oh. They
2: was both Steelers fans. Mm-hmm. Here we go, with a history of pronounced mental instability since childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Does that you <laughs> Thaw, heir to a forty million dollar fortune, led a reckless, self indulgent life. He was born on February twelfth, eighteen seventy one to Pittsburgh coal and railroad baron William Thaw. Henry was 13 years older than Evelyn and already lived quite the life. Mm. There was a history of mental illness on his mother's side of the family, and Harry's mother herself was known for her abuse of the servants and episodes of ungovernable temper. Quick question, devil. Quick
0: question. Yes. What side of the family does your mental illness come from? Is it your mama or your papa? Well, in 18- 18,
1: do you think she, Brandy is mean to her servants?
0: Oh, you know she
3: is. Hmm. Ringing, Interesting.
2: Ringing that bell, no, get your ass in here with my tea. Bless his heart, he can't carry a cup of juice across the floor without spilling <laughs> it. I don't. I wouldn't trust him with tea. Uh, in 1874, Josiah, a brother born a year before Harry, died an ac- accidental death in infancy, smothered by his mother's breast. While he lay in her bed. <laughs> There's worse ways That's to not go, funny. you know. She fell asleep. I bet she fell asleep. She was breastfeeding and That's fell not asleep. Funny when well, you guys are laughing at the, same-
0: <laughs> the boob smotherer. What a way to go. You know, I, you know if I'm going to go, I want, I want a big double D just over my nose and mouth. So you
1: want to die from breast. Uh, breast inhalation. Yeah.
2: In childhood, was subject to bouts of insomnia, temper tantrums, incoherent babbling, and notable, notably baby talk, uh, a form of expression which he retained into adulthood.
1: Yeah, that's not as attractive as
2: an adult. Oh, look at you, little girl. Come here. Oh, how pretty you are.
0: That sounds creepy. <laughs> yeah, that's ch- how he would talk to the
3: girl, though.
2: His chosen form of amusement was appropriating heavy household objects as weaponry, To hurl at the heads of servants.
1: (laughs) Well, that's, you know, you you that was before Netflix. Wait wait a minute. (laughs) Let's see.
2: Let's see who this sounds like. Hold on. The misfortune of others brought on fits of giggling.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Colonel, that's not a good sign.
0: No, uh, but you know, sometimes the misfortunes of others is just funny. Especially if they're assholes. Well, I mean, (laughs) poor motherfucker, the the butler walking across the room. And he throws a a toaster. at Yeah, get a toaster upside dead like some bitch. (laughs) Harry's (laughs)
2: home. Damn it. He spent his childhood bouncing from private school to private school in Pittsburgh, never doing well, and was described by teachers as unintelligent (laughs) and a troublemaker. I think that's probably about accurate. A teacher at Worcester Prep School described the 16-year-old Harry as having an erratic kind of zigzag walk, which seemed to involuntarily mimic his involuntarily mimic his brain patterns. <laughs> his, I want to
3: see this guy walk.
2: <laughs> his parents spent most of their time. No, and actually, money that's very smart because then you're. They, that's like with the army.
3: Sir, oh, 15. Lee Harvey Oswald well, would get have shot never that got, that got way.
0: him. Yeah. yeah. If Kennedy would have been driving in a zigzag, yeah. yeah. History would have changed, him. Yeah.
2: His parents spent most of their time and money getting Henry out of Thank trouble. you. I on the feel curb. their fucking pain. Continue, <laughs> <laughs> <you>, Brandy. <laughs> his father was able to use his influence to get his son into Harvard, but he was but he seldom spent time in the classroom. So, they get this dipshit into Harvard.
1: They had this guy. And he, the I, guy who
2: can't spell Harvard. And I, I, I think mm, I told and you.
1: And throws th- irons. I, I think I told you this off the air, but his allowance in 1902. Oh, that's right.
0: 80000 a month.
1: 80000 a month.
2: Now,
0: did his, does it say anything about him banging his economics professor in there to get his Oh, degree? I forgot how
2: funny that was since you hadn't mentioned it yet. <laughs> Thaw reportedly uh, lit his cigars with $100 bills.
3: He is ball, making it he rain. He's
2: yet. a Baller.
0: You know, while, and just to just to clarify, while we was off the air, I found $40 more dollars in my pants. Speaking of baller, dollars. there you go. Yeah, I got $95 <laughs> here, up in this place.
2: All right, so money. he lit cigars with $100 bills. He also went on long dre- drinking binges, okay. attended cockfights, okay. and spent... You know, those are
0: no funny that I came and away and from cockfights you're, you're, quite bruised off it.
1: You sound judgmental when you're reading this. You do.
2: I am. And spent much of his time romancing young women. All right. In eighteen ninety-four, he chased a cab driver down a Cambridge street with a shotgun, believing he'd been cheated out of ten cents change.
1: This is guys getting eighty thousand a month from his parents' house, wh- but he's got a shotgun.
0: Why
2: would he chase him? Why I didn't he just fire? Because he's shotgun? stupid. Yeah. He claimed the shotgun was unloaded, so he's trying to hit him with it. Thaw uh, was ultimately expelled from Harvard for immoral practices. As well as intimidating and threatening fellow students and teachers. Okay. After being expelled from Harvard, Thaw lived the life of a young playboy. Harry repeatedly tore through Europe at a frantic pace, frequenting.
0: $91 is what I got right now.
2: Okay. Frequenting bordellos where his pleasure involved restraining his partners with handcuffs and other devices of bondage.
1: Okay, let's talk about that, Brandy. What's your feeling? Why would we do that? (laughs) Why is your feeling on bondage?
2: I Have a safe word.
1: That's a good point.
2: That is my uh, feeling.
1: Uh, what's your safe word with the misses, girl? Uh? What's your safe word?
2: Uh, you can't say no
0: safe word around there. You don't have a they safe word. No safe word, No. What, but like you know Baltimore? what? Those days are over because I got, I got ninety-one dollars. That's fuck you money to me. <laughs> That's what that is. <laughs> yeah. That's
2: fuck you money. I'm a walking up. Fuck you. I got ninety-one dollars, motherfucker. And then 10 minutes later, you come back. 10 minutes after being in Best Buy, you come back.
1: Hey, he'll be in here in a few minutes asking for change for the vending machine. Exactly. <laughs> only have a five.
2: Yeah. In Paris in 1895, Thaw threw an, an extravagant party. And a stove. Reportedly costing $50,000, nice. which drew wide publicity. I mean,
1: 50 grand back in the turn of the 20th century, that's a
2: lot of dough. Well, sure, it's a lot of dough now. Uh, the attendees were Harry and twenty five of the most beautiful showgirls bordello prostitutes he could assemble How about that Colonel a military band was hired to provide the musical <laughs> entertainment yeah, this is funny if you're gonna if you're gonna
0: pay fifty thousand dollars you, know, you, you, you hired well. John Phil-, Phil Sousa yeah yeah
2: for thaw, John William Sousa's marches were the favorite <laughs> party music as they lifted the roof off the place.
3: <laughs> He probably did the Charleston. Now, if he, was, her. No, now, was, if he was having
0: a, if he was having well, the a Charleston, that was in the twenties. It and was, was the twenties. The most awesome birthday party ever, and have Van Halen? Would you have Sammy Lee Hagar Van Halen? Sammy, right? oh, that's that's bullshit, Van Halen, right
2: there. Okay, then.
0: No. Uh, they David, Lee huh? David Lee Ross an asshole. But there, there was much of him. He's driving
2: for UPS now or something. <laughs> no, you know they're going to get back like, together with both of them now. They keep saying that. It's probably not going to happen. Hated,
1: yeah, they, they tried before and, and they just argue and fight.
2: All right, so they lifted the roof off the place. Each of the Parisian beauties found a unique party favor at the end of the meal. The dessert course was a $1,000 piece of jewelry wrapped around the stem of a liquor glass.
1: Would you like go to that party, Brandy?
2: I would go to that party. Mm-hmm. Once in London, Thaw purportedly devised a lure for an unsuspecting bellboy whom Thaw proceeded to restrain naked in a bathtub and brutalized him with beatings from a riding whip.
1: Any thoughts on that, Colonel?
2: Did he tip him? The Thaw family had to pay out five grand to keep the incident quiet. That yes, was a
0: lot of cash in those days. Mm-hmm. I'd ta- fuck, I'd take a beating right now for $5,000. $5,000. You would get hit hit, you you let hit let someone tie,
1: tie you up naked in the bathtub and beat you with a
0: belt. <laughs> Cut out my goddamn kidney I, and put leave ice I, in there. I'm pretty, pretty
1: it sure there's folks miles. on our Facebook page that would take you <laughs> up on it.
0: There's a GoFundMe right
2: now. To be, GoFundMe to whip the colonel's ass. In addition to womanizing and his strange sexual preferences, Harry Thaw was a drug addict, reportedly addicted to both cocaine and heroin. Speedball. Well, and this was before Narcan. Mm-hmm. Harry ran in the same social circles, circles as Stanford White. Well, clearly they're almost the same. Although White was unaware that Thaw secretly loathed him. There does not seem I to know. be a rational reason for this <laughs> hatred. I don't think he needs one. So
1: the important point here is that he already disliked Stanford White before he even met Evelyn. Right. Okay.
2: So, thank yes. you. Just gave it away, but that's all right. uh-huh. Harry was obsessed with Stanford. Yeah, read
0: it. I don't believe that you actually conveyed the message that Timmy was trying to get yeah. through his script. Thank God
2: there. you're here to mansplain.
0: What Jesus is it with you, a mansplain? You know why mansplaining is a thing? Because fucking women don't understand anything. I we're getting a new front door.
2: Okay, did I forget to tell you how much I don't give a fuck about your new front door? No, but don't care. No, let me tell you. Nobody cares. Okay. I can't stress enough how much nobody cares. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I'm going to have to go through the back door from now on. (laughs) So, no. So, the guy's telling us how we got to get a custom door, and Renee doesn't understand that we got a brick fucking house. The fucking house is brick. The house does not adjust for doors. And when I try to explain that, that's mansplaining you know why it's mansplaining because women don't know shit like that so men man has to explain to people who don't even need it's like pick out the fucking door you want and they will cut it down to the size you need why they got to cut it what well because it's easier than cutting a door than it is cutting two inches of brick motherfucker that's why your comments brandy you're an asshat. No, that's mansplaining. No. If women didn't I, no, wait, ask questions about what they no, didn't minute. know shit about, I then understand we understand what do mansplaining,
2: mansplaining is. You don't have to mansplain, mansplain. I don't believe you. Do. Like I got it. I don't. Believe I got you do. it. <laughs> but let, let, let's establish several things here. I'm much smarter than you, and oh, I'm not sure about that. Much now. better looking,
1: and his wife makes more money,
2: and your wife. You're kind of kept. It doesn't. All I'm but saying the important is, thing
1: is, did you get to use the back door? <laughs> All he doesn't I'm saying like it. is
2: too small when a guy's
0: explaining why you got to get a custom door you don't need to ask ten thousand questions when i
2: already get it and now i got to oh, pass them so on you're the information talking about real.
1: a real door i thought you <laughs> yeah were, no just
2: a real that was door. A euphemism okay so harry's obsessed with stanford and he hires detectives but thanks for
0: woman explaining that to he me det-
2: he hires detectives to follow white like stanford Harry Thaw was attracted to chorus girls, especially girls all, really? that Stanford had dated.
1: Kicked their legs Why did he
2: want Stanford's sloppy seconds? <laughs> <laughs> Good oh, God, God, he was obsessed with. the have to some be some so. I see that. Vulgar? Harry Thaw would often, yes, Harry Thaw would often attend the theater in search of his prey. This is how Harry came to meet Evelyn Nesbit. Thaw th- knew that Stanford White had dated Evelyn, and he was determined to pursue her himself. Harry had been in the audience of the Wild Rose attending some 40 performances for the better part of a year good lord Uh, through an intermediary Thaw ultimately arranged a meeting with Evelyn introducing himself as Mr. Monroe Thaw maintained this subterfuge with the help of Confederates while showering her with gifts and money before he felt the time was right to reveal his true identity what year was this Timmy?
1: 19, I think it was like 1906.
2: There was still Confederates?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Good I job. I thought they you're broke in. them up. Good job. Good thing you the the day day you like my turn of
0: phrase? <laughs> it was beautiful. There. Thank you.
2: The day soon came when he confronted Evelyn, seems harsh, she didn't do anything, and announced, I am not Monroe, I am Henry Kendall Thaw of Pittsburgh. Of the Pittsburgh Thaws. Of the Pittsburgh Thaws. Evelyn enjoyed her time with Thaw and her mother was pleased that Thaw was a man of means, <laughs> even though
3: he's well, batshit
2: crazy. Well,
1: yeah, but he's a man of means. He's from Pittsburgh. He's a little younger than Henry or uh, uh, Stanford. Stanford White. Right. Well,
2: Stanford was not pleased with the relationship and encouraged Evelyn to stop seeing Thaw. I wonder if she called him,
1: uh, Stanford daddy.
2: Oh, I bet she did. <laughs> and threatened to cut off his fi- his financial support. But Evelyn continued to date Thaw and was out on the town with him on almost every night. Mm. The late hours and endless, (laughs) restless partying had told upon the fragile girl, and she fell ill. In 1903, Evelyn underwent emergency surgery. The nature of that surgery has remained a subject of controversy. The official diagnosis was an appendectomy. However, some sources speculate that she was pregnant by John Barrymore and had an abortion. Oh, no. Now, John Barrymore's back in the mix.
1: They were all kind of... fusey and all of them
3: at the same time. Yeah.
2: Hmm. Henry invited Evelyn to join him on a European tour to help her recuperate. Oh, that's nice. Evelyn insisted that her mother join them, and Thaw agreed. However, the trip proved to be anything but recuperative. Thaw's usual hectic mode of travel escalated into a nonstop itinerary, calculated to weaken Nesbitt's emotional resilience Compound her physical frailty and unnerve and exhaust Mrs. Nesbit as tensions mounted, Mother and daughter began to bicker and quarrel, leading to Miss Nesbit's insistence on returning to the United States. having effectively alienated her from her mother, Thaw then took Nesbit to Paris, leaving Miss Nesbit in London. It was in Paris that Thaw proposed to Evelyn, but she refused no. Aware of Thaw's strange obsession with female chastity, she well, could. Well,
1: uh, now wait a minute, Colonel. Female chastity is very important if you're a,
0: a, a it's, suitor. <clears throat> it's quite important. Do you even know what chastity is, though?
2: She could not, in good conscience, accept his marriage proposal I'm without sure revealing to the him the truth of her relationship with Stanford wife, White. Okay, so Go fuck yourself. So, <laughs> just to recap. Oh, briefly. my God. Recap fucking what? I just
0: got are, done fucking saying Why are saying you so hostile? Just, why just are recap we recapping? Briefly. Did you not have a good Thanksgiving? She could,
1: uh, 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 Just to recap, Harry Thaw, this young man who has some men, oh mental illness, ha- wealthy young man, proposes to I her. just
2: said all this like Where two minutes like you ago. Right. Marvel, she Were you stumbled to her like you had a mouthful no, of did not. In your monotone voice. She could voice. not
1: accept his uh, his proposal because He she wanted knew. a virgin. She knew that he was obsessed with uh, chastity, and she knew that she was not a virgin. Go ahead. She was.
2: Yeah. No, let me. She was a little loose in let the. Let me caboose. try to bring your words.
0: Yes.
1: Yes, Colonel. Try to bring him to life. Please.
0: Yeah. I mean.
4: Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.
0: She, she read that monotone script. Bring on. something
4: to life. Jesus
0: Christ. So, Timmy, what transpired next was a marathon question of inquisition,
2: Timmy. Oh, really? there you go. Yeah. Question and inquisition. Much
0: like when it takes me 10 extra minutes at Kroger, mm-hmm. during which Thaw managed to extract every detail of that night and how, when plied with champagne, Nesbitt lay intoxicated, unconscious, and white had His way with
1: her, Brandy. Basically, what we're saying here is that they had sex
0: non consensual sex now
1: in his apartment. This is not in the script, but I'll just tell you something. Uh, uh, Stanford White had a w- red velvet swing, and he would have his chorus, chorus, chorus girls swing naked on that. You think about that, Colonel?
0: I think that's a good investment. You got to hang it from that from, from a beam, though, because you don't want to just put that into the plaster. No. Because will I mean, I'm sure he, he hey, was an architect. Ain't nothing more <laughs> more awkward than having Stanford did yeah. having the Stanford swing. Stanford had the swing. Yeah. There was nice. all freaks back then. Yeah.
1: I mean that's a nice idea, you know, if you could have some uh attractive woman uh swing naked in your living room, that's not a bad mm-hmm. deal. That's not a bad deal.
0: Yeah, unless she kick you in the head when you're walking <laughs> by. But anyway, so Nesbitt laying here intoxicated and and I'm pretty sure we can all agree on this rule. If the woman is unconscious that's a no.
3: Yes,
1: That's the, she doesn't have capacity to That's say no. That's a no,
0: that. right. and White had his way with her. Now, throughout this grueling question and answer ordeal, Evelyn was tearful and hysterical. Thaw, by turns, was agitated and gratified by her responses.
1: What do you think about that, Brandy?
0: He's a dick. He further drove the wedge between mother and daughter, condemning Miss Nesbitt as an unfit parent. Well, now,
2: nice.
1: now well, come on, Brandy, he's got a point there. She's having him bang old rich men.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, no, she's unfit, but I don't think he has the (laughs) capacity to. You don't
1: have the room to talk? (laughs) Yeah. All
0: right. Nesbitt blamed the outcome of of events on Nesbitt's willful defiance of her mother's cautionary advice and defended her mother as naive and unwitting. Hmm. Naive and unwitting. Yes. Thaw also spouted his hatred of Stanford White for deflowering the innocent Evelyn. Yes, Brandy,
1: what do you think about that? He deflowered
2: her. Yeah, it happens.
1: (laughs) It does sometimes.
0: I don't
2: don't know what you want me to say to that, but it happens. He seemed obsessed
0: with the fact that Evelyn was not a virgin, would become extremely angry and even violent when stewing on it. Hmm. Thaw and Nesbitt traveled through Europe, and Thaw, as guide, chose a bizarre agenda, a tour of sites devoted to the cult of virgin martyrdom. You think, up, Brandy. The Cult of Virgin
2: hmm. I don't know anything about that group. <laughs>
0: oh, they would not accept you. Yeah. And Damremy, France, the birthplace of Joan of Arc, Thaw left a telling inscription in the visitors' book. This is good. Uh oh. She would not have been a virgin if Stanford
2: White had been around.
0: <laughs> I think he's like a, <laughs> he's got a chip on his. He shoulder. might be better.
2: He's got a hard yeah. on for Stanford <laughs> yeah, White. <he> does. <laughs> Bobby Bitterpants right there. <laughs> now, Thor pursued <laughs> Nesbitt
0: excessively for, for years, two years now, continuously pressing her for marriage. All right. Craving financial stability in her life. Don't and we ador- all crave that really, Brandy? Um, I don't know well, what you people and, crave. You know, she was doing it for financial stability. The devil did it for a C in economics. And whatever. she did it
1: for her new phone. Mm-hmm. And i she, wonder what how she got dave to buy her new phone
0: over <laughs> yeah right? what did you what dirty deeds did you have to pull off for that new phone de- devil
1: probably in the swing in the living room <laughs> yeah blindfold on
2: <laughs> to not worry about what all, i'm doing and focus on what you're doing <laughs> <laughs> she got her what,
1: phones
0: whatever she yeah, did it worked you did something free i know, watch me a good That's pimple a nice popping phone.
2: video while you people are being
0: we'll wipes. Now, Thaw, we said, he'd he gone after this girl for years, and she wanted financial stability, so she finally said, I'll be your wife. They were married on April 4, 1905, Timmy. 1905, Brandy.
3: Thaw yes. himself
0: chose the wedding dress. Eschewing the traditional white gown because his bride was not as pure as he would like, he dressed her in a black traveling suit decorated with brown <laughs> trim. This guy's a prick to begin with. where you
2: with that, Brandy? <laughs> Why is she agreeing to marry him? What? Money's. Money. Oh, my God. It's not worth all that. And he
1: picks out her
0: wedding dress.
2: Right. Black. That's what I'm saying.
0: Now, once once they were married, he began to act even more peculiar.
2: I don't understand how that's even <laughs> he possible. He would tie
0: Evelyn up and beat her with a whip before every sexual encounter. Okay. Now, that's, I don't know what's so That's strange an eye, about that. the eye of the beholder. Beholder, yeah. While beating her, he would scream that she was spoiled by Sanford White. You're, who spoiled you, Brandy?
2: Uh, clearly, Dave does. Right. Mm-hmm. Did he beat
0: you with, before you got that phone? Did he? Nope. Was there any of that? Did you call him Daddy to
1: get it? <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: nope. buy me a phone, Daddy. <laughs> nope 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 no, no, no. Nah, daddy i need a new phone <laughs> daddy nope that's weird harry continued his use of that's cocaine weird. and heroin <laughs> yeah yeah it is it is weird Tim. it is weird
1: i'm not judging
2: the new no br- <laughs> but i'm judging you at this point this new bride felt trapped in an abusive
0: marriage i bet she did well, she was. She was. has
1: got that lovely.
0: Trapped. She's got that lovely
2: black wedding dress. Well, yeah. you know, but here's the thing. I'm tied to the head post. I will say this: she can wear that dress probably on more than one occasion. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it sure. really was practical. Good for funerals. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So she felt like she was trapped in this abusive marriage, and she did not have the means to escape it. On June 25, 1906, was she making any money? Uh, any no, money? I think
1: when she she got she married, up, he wouldn't yeah. he wouldn't let her work.
0: Now, on June 25, 1906, it was an inordinately hot day. Yes. It was like a whorehouse on dollar day to me. That's a it was like day. when they give a Groupon to a whorehouse. Yes, what do you think about that, Brandy?
2: I think Chuck knows a little much about Groupons <laughs> at whorehouses.
0: Harry and Evelyn were stopping in New York briefly before boarding a luxury liner bound for a European holiday. Motherfuckers go to Europe a lot. Yeah, they do. Harry had purchased tickets for him and his wife to see a new Broadway show that was playing in the rooftop theater of Madison Square Garden. Now, in spite of the suffocating heat, which did not abate as night fell, Thaw inappropriately, inappropriately wore over his tuxedo a long black overcoat, which he refused to take off throughout the entire evening. At 11 p.m. as the stage show was coming to a close, Stanford White appeared, taking his place at the table that was customarily reserved for him.
1: Okay, so now, Brandy, picture it. The
0: Harry Thaw Ev- and his wife Evelyn are now in the same room as
2: Stanford,
1: Stanford
0: White. White. All right. Harry, who seemed agitated all week evening, abruptly bounced back and forth from his own table throughout the performance, spotting White's arrival, Timmy. Mm-hmm. He tentatively approached him several times, each time withdrawing in hesitation. Hmm. During the finale, I could love a million girls.
1: That was Stanford White's favorite song. <laughs> I it,
2: bet it
0: was.
1: It was. <laughs>
3: that, was, that was
0: produced a pistol and standing some two feet from his target, fired three shots at Stanford White, killing him instantly. Wow, your comments on that, Brandy?
2: That not very slick, is he? <laughs>
0: Parts of White's blood-covered face was torn away and the rest of his features were unrecognizable, blackened
2: by gunpowder. This it, is what happens when your children don't face consequences. <laughs> now Harry, Fall remained standing over White's fallen body,
0: displaying the gun in the air and resoundingly proclaiming, according to witness reports, I did it because it ruined my wife. He had it coming and he took advantage of the girl and he then abandoned her. Uh, your comments, Brandy. Idiot. It seems like, though, this worked out for him because he got the girl. Well, continue, Colonel. The crowd initially suspected it might be part of the show, and elaborate practical jokes were popular in high society at the time. Soon well, I ha- mean, uh, you know, that and that was after the Lincoln assassination. If there's a shooting in the in, in the the theater, theater <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't it's assume it's part of the show. It's real now. Yes. It's the nearest however, exit. It became apparent that Stanford White was, in fact, dead. Harry still
2: it became brandish. apparent because his
0: face was gone? Well, Harry was still brandishing the gun high above his head. He walked through the crowd and met Evelyn at the elevator. When she asked what he had done.
2: <laughs> Come on, we got to go. We got to go now. Come on, let's go. <laughs> We're
0: leaving. Grab your coat. Oh, Thal purportedly replied, it's all right. <clears throat> I probably saved your life. Harry was arrested and charged with the murder of Stanford White. He was denied bail and sent to Tombs Prison. While waiting trial, Harry was not treated like any other person.
4: Of a newspaper
0: not. at the time shows Harry Thaw in the Tombs Prison sta- seated at a formal table setting, dining on a meal catered for him by Delmonico's Restaurant. Uh, in the background, is Don't do the crime evi- if you can't do the time, Brandy. <laughs> it's further evidence of the preferential treatment of the flaw influence, Thaw influence and his money provided to the incarcerated man. Conspicuously absent is the standard issue jail cell cot. During his confinement, Thaw slept
2: in a brass bed. Of course he did.
0: Comment on that, Brandy.
2: Nope, motherfucker's never going to
0: learn. Exempted from wearing prisoner's garb, he was allowed to wear his own custom tailored clothes. And, you know, that prisoner's garb is the devil can tell you. It's never flattering. No, no, it's not flattering. The jail's doctor was induced to allow Thaw a daily ration of champagne and wine.
3: Oh, that's fair. In his jail
0: cell, in the days following his arrest, it was reported that Thaw had heard the heavenly voices of young girls calling to him, which he interpreted as a sign of divine approval. He was in a euphoric mood. Thaw was unshakable in his belief that the public would applaud the man who would rid the world of the menace of Stanford White, Timmy. Yes. Your thoughts on that, Brandy?
2: He's crazy. I think we established that. <laughs>
0: yeah. Thaw's family hired the best defense team money could buy. He had Kardashian. No, 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 no. But they did,
1: they, they put up this, like, PR campaign campaign. Uh, portraying him as you know standing up for the virtue of womanhood and right yeah they
0: paid newspapers to paint harry thaw as a victim who had defended his wife's honor Mm -hmm. the thaw family commissioned a book songs and a broadway musical (laughs) song sympathetic to harry thaw harry thaw was tried tried twice for the murder of stanford white they were dubbed the trial of the century, and that's bullshit because you can only have one trial of the century. Well, this is 19, this is nineteen oh six, so but you can only have one if he was tried twice, right? Well, which trial the trial of the century? I think they the just lost lo- uh, the those second. two
1: trials. I think they just put them together.
0: Due to unusual amount of publicity the case had received, it was ordered that the jury members be sequestered. Now
1: that, sequestered, that you want? No, that's all that okay. You her? can
0: you continue. You, you let me explain m- this to you, devil sequestered means kept away from everybody else so as not to be I wish I was sequestered influenced. <laughs> so, you oh, I'm sure you've been sequestered before. Um, now this is the first time in the history of American jurisprudence like nice, it. Timmy. I like, like that. that. That such a restriction was ordered. <clears throat> Trial proceedings began on January 23, nineteen seven, Timmy, and the jury went into deliberation on April 11. After 47 hours, the 12 jurors emerged deadlocked.
3: Seven that
0: means they couldn't guilty. reach a decision. Yeah, deadlocked means um, they couldn't come. Yeah, hmm. for the devil, deadlock means I can't get into my neighbor's storage unit. But mm-hmm. um, but anyway, after 47 hours, it's a deadlock. Seven guilty, five deemed him not guilty. fall was outraged that the trial had not vindicated the murder. And the jurors had recognized it as an the act of, did not recognize it as the act of a chivalrous man defending
2: innocent womanhood.
1: Well, he, he was kind of doing that, Brandy. That was his motivation.
2: Yeah, he wasn't crazy at all. Yeah. Much like
0: when the devil doesn't get her way, he went into fits of physical flailing and crying <laughs> when he considered the real possibility that he would be labeled a madman and imprisoned in the I do throw assault. myself around. You do you tell that Langley? I will do that. The second trial took place January eight through February 1, 1909. That's a long ass trial, right there. Mm-hmm. This time, Thaw was found not guilty for reason of insanity. Mm. Not reason of insanity, Brandy. He served I'll buy that. seven years in a mental institution for his murder of Stanford White, and he was released in early 1916 and he immediately filed for divorce from Evelyn.
1: Okay, so he goes to prison for 7 years for killing Or No, he goes to he's in a mental hospital for 7 years. Then he gets out, he files a divorce for Evelyn, and then what happens?
0: Well, soon after his release, Timmy, the rehabilitated Mr. Thaw was charged with the kidnapping, beating, and sexual assault so that worked out well. Of 19-year-old Forrest Gump of Kansas City. <laughs> Forrest Gump. His <laughs> last name is Gump, though. Frederick Gump. I'm sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> this is Forrest's granddaddy. Um, after assaulting the boy, Harry fled to Philadelphia with the pus- police in pursuit. When apprehended, he was <laughs> filed with suicide by slashing yeah, his throat.
2: Wait a minute. He committed suicide by slashing his he own tried.
0: throat? He oh. tried. Initially, he tried to bribe the Gump family. But the Gump family was not going for that. They said stupid is is what stupid does. That's what they told him. He offered to pay them a half million dollars if they would drop all criminal charges against him. But ultimately, Harry Thaw was arrested, jailed, and tried, found insane, and put back in the nuthouse. He was ultimately Judge Sano and regained his freedom in 1924. After his second incarceration, he became a regular... Recluse and died alone in nineteen forty seven at the age of seventy-six. Evelyn Nesbitt went back into show business but seemed unable to recapture the success she had early in her career. Evelyn published two memoirs, a story. In memorize, My Life that's, uh, books, Randy. And Prodigal Days. <clears throat> During World War II, she lived in Los Angeles, teaching ceramics and sculpting at the Grant Beach School of Arts and Crafts. She eventually moved back to the East Coast where she lived quietly for several years. She died in a nursing home in Santa Monica, California on January 17, 1967, Timmy. -hmm. At the age of 82, at the time of her death, Evelyn claimed that Stanford White was the the only man she had ever loved.
1: All right, Brandy, your final thoughts on the love triangle of
2: Evelyn Nesbitt, Harry Thaw, and Stanford White. Well, I think it was mainly a love triangle in Stanford's mind because she clearly had moved on. Uh, okay. No, uh okay, so uh do she, you No, she said Do you put
0: any you uh, even listen to the goddamn story? She said at the end Stanford yeah, but White she was had the only one. She, on.
2: she had moved on to somebody else. Yeah, like but she was married to someone else. There she did no not triangle. move
0: on. It was the only man she ever loved. But we're really,
1: uh, it was it, it, Harry's the one that couldn't let go of it. She yeah. she moved on. She married.
2: Oh no, they were all crazy. Don't yeah. get me wrong.
1: But why would you say uh, Stanford White was crazy? Just because he had a red velvet swing that he liked to swing young chorus girls in? Well, his. in
2: fairness, he may have been a
0: rapist. We
2: don't know. <laughs> yeah.
1: We don't in know. fairness.
2: We don't know that. I'm not saying he's a rapist. I'm just well, saying. Right. But I mean, he, a swing He, he in his obviously
1: run. isn't around to defend himself, so we don't know. That was an allegation made by. Well, him she.
2: I
0: think that was. That I mean, that could have been. We have no have reason to not believe her. To, uh-huh. Well, no, that could have been something that she tried to mitigate a little bit. Uh, with her husband. With her husband, yeah, and who knows? I don't. Yeah. I mean, but clearly it's, she it's, she it's, had, it's, had had carnal relations with the man before. It's
1: clearly a very sad story, wouldn't you agree, Brandy?
2: I think it's sad that that girl's mom had <laughs> was so god awful.
1: Well, I mean, trying
2: to pawn her off on somebody.
1: So, are there any sympathetic uh, f- uh, figures in this story? I don't think so. <laughs> you never, you never think that in any, even in the stories where a yeah. little puppy dies, you never think that there's yeah. Yeah. no. That's little not true.
2: Kid.
0: The hateful woman could read Oliver Twist and not find a sympathetic That's not true. Oh, Yeller, yeah. I love Oh, Fucking Yeller. dog had to come and fuck with those raccoons. <laughs> fuck dog going out there for with the raccoons for.
1: All right. We would like to thank our Patreon supporters, those who support us so generously throughout the year. We are very, very uh, grateful that you are supporting our, our podcast. If you would like to support our podcast, please uh, check us out on Patreon. That's patreon.com. Uh, slash history dweeves, where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or,
0: or just a wee little bit to me. So, we do want to say thank you to our Patreon sponsors. We got a new one this week, Terry Stafford.
1: Yes, thank you, Terry.
0: Terry, and that's Malachi. Um, who he was in Cincinnati here, Timmy. Mm-hmm. Very nice guy. Very nice. Guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, Alicia and Chip, Jen Moya, Tammy Lane, Tommy Lane, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Jason, Oloca. Jason Dykes, Jim Sebright. Aaron Fowler, Nene, uh, Shelly Gerrard, it looks like here, Timmy. Shelly Garrett. I'm assuming that's Shelly Garrett. Yes. Bridget Clavey, Bridget. Hey, Bridget. Brandy McBride. Um, Bridget Bernhardt. Jennifer Svoda, Maggie Glover. Marsha Boris, Stacy. Also, um, Christine Bouchard. Howard.
1: Oh. I'm sorry. Jody Wells, yeah.
0: Daniel Sweet, Amber Sweet, Amber Anderson, Cheryl Weldon, our friends from They Walk Among Us, Roseanne and Ben, Laura Violet, Michael Dale, 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 <laughs> Dale I come now You know, I bet he's never heard home. that. Yeah. Kelly, he's, oh, he's telling me to wrap it up now. Nah, no, I know. Kelly Sherritt, Um Ken Widener, Callie Jones. Mistress Vader, Ron, Joseph Kern, Laura Meredith, Jessica Greeno, Mike from Pleasing Terrors, Sarah Bloom, Amber Croup, our friends at the Now American History Now America History podcast, Joe, Joe Hopkins, Rebecca Omelet, Cheryl, Catherine Cuckorized <coughs> Richardson, Fiona Crisp, Laura O'Reilly, Donna Curran, John Sue Story, Christine Bourgeois, Maja. A non Kimberly Cameron Cameron Elise Diane from History Goes Bump Amber Trevino Annette Petray Lise Amber Scoville Jahara um Jeff and Don Chestnut of course in their podcasts I and I just listened to the Macros regular one that was really good. Backroads of History, listen to the Reagan episodes. That's yeah, the really, Reagan episode really, episode's good, really good, good.
1: They got a new um, one out on the history of tuberculosis, the consumption, the consumption. Yeah, so check out Backroads of History with our um, friend Jeff and Don.
0: Yeah, Marquia Smith, uh, Jahara, I got her, Andrew Hap, Karen Barnes, Rachel Flynn, Holly Woodward, Shirley squirrelly Shirley, uh, Strap,
1: yes, I Todd Long,
0: Lydia Fisher, Tyrone, Phyllis Munson. Melissa Montoya, Brittany Aaron, Jennifer Siemens, and Cindy Lou, Chris and Heatherpool, Marissa over at the Vanished Podcast, Zachary Deloche. Zachary Deloche um, oh, Canadian crew drum. I, I got Christy Lee, Lee. Mm-hmm. Christy Lee with the with the really pretty teeth, Charlie and Allie.
1: From the Insight Podcast.
0: From Insight, Tracy Smith, Jess from Kiwi Crimes, and last but not least, do I need to say his name, Timmy? Yes, Rudy the Wonder Dog. Rudy the Wonder Dog, and Who, of course, was
1: Rudy upset of the last podcast about uh, the insatiable Terre and him eating puppies?
0: No, um I he I thought Rudy maybe was, he
1: might he might withdraw his Patreon support after we did that. We talked about Well, he was
0: too. a little bit mad, but Rudy said I'll fuck him up. But Rudy was listening to podcasts and he turned to me and uh and he said, Damn, that guy eat more pussy than because, uh, you know he liked the cats. Yes. He loved those cats and he said, Damn, he that gotta eat more pussy than Ellen. <laughs> it's terrible. Rudy's we would Rudy's, like, Rudy's not uh, he he's crass, Timmy. He,
1: he is. So we I, would like to send a special uh, get well wish
0: to Lady Beverly, mm-hmm. lovely Lady
1: Beverly, mm-hmm. been, who's been feeling under the weather. So uh, and
0: of course, Dottie
1: and and my mom. Yes, we hope yeah. everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving, and we'll talk. We'll see you real soon. Next time on History Dweeves. Bye everyone.
3: Bye bye. Good day.